podcast we call make play where we talk about making things and playing things hey there we go we got it hey uh it's february 3rd that is a motorcycle outside indeed indeed uh yeah we're broadcasting to you live from new york city 14th street everybody welcome welcome to the big city uh, this also isn't live uh yep nope not at all live but but, but still from the city we're alive and this is happening mostly in the present. yes yeah this is happening in the present for us, so, you know. Uh, anyway, cutting the crap. What have you been making, Nick? <laughs> oh, man. I gotta say, I've been working a little bit on control. Uh-huh. Mostly just trying to, like, design puzzles. It hasn't even yeah. been that much, like, coding. It's basically just been, like... Staring at a how do I? Yeah, like, <laughs> how do I make a puzzle? Um, yeah. We just played a little antechamber, actually, right before this. And Boy, I gotta say, did Illuminate a little bit help me just think about... How to make puzzles, although the puzzles in those games are particularly mind-bending. Yeah. But, uh, I feel like I feel like that game does the thing that Portal does, where it just sets up an abstract world, so it doesn't have to really worry about, like... Because, like, it's one thing to design a puzzle. It's another thing to make a puzzle that fits within a world in, like, a, in a narrative sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like... Like, yeah. Like, a, like, like... Well, they all have... It's almost like you configure the puzzles out because they all have similarly weird solutions. Yeah, there's, like, like certain there's consistent a, logic a, to it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in, like, a game like Dragon Age or something, there are, like, very minor puzzles in that, in those games mm-hmm. or, or Skyrim or something. Yeah, like the lockpicking or whatever. Right, but there's yeah. lockpicking and they're always in, like, a dungeon because where else would a puzzle be in a fantasy setting? Like, no yeah. one's just going to have... I mean, unless they're an eccentric king yeah. or something like and that. And sometimes that feels bad if you're playing a game and it's, yeah. like, shoehorned puzzle. Exactly. Where it's just, like, this has no... Within the world, this logically wouldn't make right. sense for the king's, like, bedroom chambers to, to have, have, like... like, a puzzle. A puzzle to it. Unless like, it's some super weird. eccentric dude. Like, there's yeah. a... Um... Or unless you, like, weave it in nicely where it's right. just, like, ah, oh, you have to find the key and the key is da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Like, that's... That's a little more interesting if you take it on a tangent, but... Yeah. Have you ever seen the Clockwork Mansion level in Dishonored? No. Oh, it's so cool, because it's exactly that. It's this guy is, like, this really eccentric uh, inventor, engineer dude, and you have to kill him, I think. And he lives in this mansion, but, like, you pull a lever, and all the walls, like, change and stuff, but it's all, like, constructed. So you can actually go behind the walls and, like, see the engineering and the pistons and the pulleys behind it all. Oh, that's And, like, this cool little steampunk way. And, like, you're supposed to go into those backspaces and, and stuff. And that makes sense for him to have a puzzle, a mansion that's a puzzle, because he's this crazy inventor dude who makes these, like, mechanical robots and stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah, getting back to it, I guess, contro- or, sorry, uh, uh, Antichamber just does a... a can get away with a lot because there's no worlds mm. necessarily aside yeah. from it being this test chamber like like portal was yep um so yeah what is your like approach to making puzzles honestly right now it's mostly just imitation it's straight up just like i yeah. looked up a couple like portal puzzles right i looked up just puzzles from like fez is a game i really like true Puzzle fuck game. yeah i had some really fez. cool puzzles yeah wow. Stuff like that. I've been trying to just, like, look at the puzzles and try to dissect them a bit, like, yeah. on paper, really. Yeah. Just, like, how does how does the logic of it work? Like, and how I feel about when I'm doing the puzzle, like, trying to write it down. Because right. there's those moments when you're like, I thought it was this, but it wasn't. It was this. You know what I mean? But the, 
because I thought it was that first thing, let me solve it. And that's what they wanted me to think. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost yeah. like any... The puzzles... Some of the puzzles are difficult, and this is what I'm really trying to get at, is how to make a puzzle... Like, I feel like that's the essence of it, is you see it, you... It either looks impossible or just doesn't appear to be able to be completed or right. just something like that. And it is. There's, like, a... Yeah. There's a clear solution. You, you just have, have that, to, like, think outside the box a bit. moment, yeah. Yeah. It's hard, though, to design things outside of the box. Like, that's right. the... Right, of course. That's the hard part for Without me. also feeling, like, a gotcha moment. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, well, come on. Like, that's just not even fair. Because, I mean, like, it's funny. When you go and try to actually design one, I essentially sit there and I was... Like, you have nothing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Unless you're really straight up going off another puzzle. You right. really have nothing to start. Right. And so I'm just kind of sitting there, like trying to design and I'm like okay so maybe you have a door and to get to the door you have to get this thing but this thing is and then I just I blank I'm just like I don't know <laughs> I don't know where to go from there yeah. unless I'm really like if I really design it like it, to the T like the structure of a pre-existing puzzle that I've seen sure like if I pretty much just copy paste a portal puzzle like the logic of it uh -huh. I just replace um, like instead of I have to get a block you know what I mean? I have to get a companion cube. It's like I have to press this button right. or I have to move this, you know, whatever you want the mechanic to be. You could have it that you have to, like, pick up light particles and throw them to, you know. Yeah. Who knows? You could do whatever you want. But the problem is it's the same puzzle. Do you know what I mean? Right. And so sometimes I wonder, I'm like, do I just want to look at puzzles that exist already? And, like, appropriate them and change them a bit. Yeah. Because making puzzles from scratch is just, like, I feel it's like so I'm reinventing hard. the wheel. Like, yeah. it's just Well, especially when you don't difficult. have a design vocabulary at hand. Like, you don't, like, once yeah. you establish the core mechanics, then you can play with them and, like, do weird stuff. Mm -hmm. But, like, if you don't even have that, yeah. the possibility just, space is huge. I'm just thinking about it in terms of pure logic, and right. that's just not <laughs> super productive. Like, yeah. It's hard to do that. Yeah. So. The only, the, the limited experience I've had making puzzles was like in the, the portal 2 editor um mm -hmm. and that's you know you already have a very specific design set of, of things you can do yeah um and even that was still really hard because it's just like well like putting a portalable surface like a white surface anywhere in the level was just like such a loaded thing for me because like that opens the, the possibility space so much and there could be like a way to solve this that you just don't even understand yeah. you know you know what I kind of want to do? I've been thinking about it. I sort of want to try and go into a game that has a level editor yeah. that's not a puzzle game oh, and try and to puzzles? make a puzzle in it. Like what? Because I feel like like uh, Halo or like Duck Game, oh. any of those that have like... Because you can... Huh. I remember in Halo, people would make like either puzzly levels or just like obstacle runs or just something right. that was like not totally intended, but uh, they could do it because they had tools and mechanics to play with. And the whole puzzling part of it was just figuring out how to turn those mechanics into puzzle mechanics you I know see, what i yeah. mean yeah, yeah. how to like affect changes and like things like that uh -huh. and so i'm like I, part of me just wants to try and do that in a game because i feel like that would help me get better at making puzzles from scratch if right. i'm if i restrict myself but not in a way that's obviously geared towards puzzles right and so then i try to come to, up with more original stuff yeah it's like yeah. trying to figure out how to make a puzzle is like yeah. really what I want to try and yeah. nail down before right. I move on. Well, why couldn't you just like give yourself like kind of random like mechanics basically? So and then just make a puzzle around that. I could do that. I I've been thinking about it, but I think the problem is just the mechanics I think of aren't super interesting yet. Mm. Um, and 
they don't mesh well is the other thing. Like, mm. they, they, I try to make them to mesh, right. and I think because of that, they end up bad. I kind of want to really appropriate something else. Like, I want to take another game where there's there's no... Nothing, none of this is supposed to be for puzzling. Right, there's no precedent. Yeah, that. because I feel like if I figure out um, how to make a puzzle from those parts, right. I can make a puzzle from, like, anything. You know sure, what I mean? Sure, and then right. I can just focus on what do I want the game to be like. Interesting. Um, and because I, you know, I'm just, I'm huh. bad at making puzzles, as, yeah. it, as yeah. it turns out. I mean, it's so interesting because that means there's, I mean, there's just so many different ways to make a game and to approach game design, really. Mm-hmm. Like, some people can just sit down and be like, okay, well, I'm just going to make a, a puzzle platformer where the whole thing is just, like, trying to like push blocks around so you can like make jumps and stuff like that's it and some people can just do that but like maybe for you you will go and play halo and come away and realize like oh well now i can just kind of have a a better baseline fundamental understanding of how to create puzzles out of out of you know kind of basic interfaces and that's how you learn to make puzzles and like it's just like totally different but it still works i think that's the way i learn a lot of things too Mm. it's just I, i like coding a lot and a lot of that is abstractions and sort of abstracting your code to make sense yeah in a way yeah, yeah um and i think i'm trying to do that with puzzles i'm trying to figure out like what the abstraction is in huh. a puzzle like if i have a puzzle what are the pieces like what's the vocabulary yeah I need? of course like you know either whether i call this thing a trigger or that thing a goal or that thing or whatever i want to like kind of assemble like you're right like a vocabulary like you said of, yeah yeah you know design of yeah. this puzzle design and I want to make my own in a way. Right, of course. Um, you want to make it something that's fresh and new. Yeah, that makes and it, that makes sense to me right. because that'll make it easier to create levels if I yeah. have my own way of thinking about it. Yeah, and levels that also like feel new and organic and unique, to, the, yeah. to the medium and, or to your context at least. Huh. Yeah, d- like having a, a, a specific vocabulary like isn't something that I really even thought about until I started doing a bit of level design and stuff because in a lot of certain... Uh, situations a team will have like a specific vocabulary for their level where like the designers um, on Left 4 Dead had a very specific vocabulary surrounding like different types of moments that would occur in that game mm-hmm. like the death closet or or like uh, you know zombie rain and stuff like that so that they could like sit down and be like okay uh, this level the way we've designed it now it's like zombie rain death closet uh, high low medium choke point blah 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 and you can just like yeah. write it out like that so like exactly. when I say that you know what I mean and then when I say that I can also see like we have a lot of zombie rain in this level. We need to, like, mitigate that. Because that allows a lot of higher-order sort of thinking. Yeah, which is necessary when you are, like... Greenlighting that means a lot of people do a lot of work, so you want that to be right, yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's not even, like... It's not like these people are geniuses. It's right. basically just, like, if you name these things... Yeah. Then it's easier to talk about them and yeah. think about them yeah, because that's like you one can of the, put a name to it. That's one of, like, the biggest hurdles in game design is, is like, communicating ideas, you know? Because in a movie, like, in other... I mean, I always hate to draw parallels to other medium, but, like... For games, there's so many different ways a thing can be interpreted. Like, you know, saying someone looks sad can be interpreted a million different ways, but, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, trying to make a player feel something, I feel like, to me, is one of the most difficult challenges in game design. If you're trying to do any sort of emotional design, like, how do you... (laughs) Like, first of all, everyone's different. Right, exactly. And already you're, like, at a seemingly impossible juncture. Right. But... Beyond also, that, yeah. it's even, you know, how do I make sure that what I'm creating even conveys that emotion to even one person, like even right. myself, or... Yeah. Like... Yeah, emotional design is a is a thing <laughs> that fascinates me, but, like, it's just a total black box. 
mm. basically. I mean, because emotional design meets a lot of different things to a lot of different people, too. Like, there's a book called Emotional Design. Oh, I see. Uh, I think it's by Donald Norman, mm. who's, like, a design guru. <laughs> uh, but that's more about, like, the way an everyday object can evoke an emotion in someone, like frustration or pleasure or like, oh, I see. joy or fear or excitement or something. Oh, like, like a broken yeah. pencil tip would probably yeah. frustrate me. Yeah. Like, well, his, I think one of his big examples was, uh, like, tea kettles. He's a big fan of tea kettles and how just because the way, like, you position a spout can make it, like, a very unfriendly tea kettle because it's going to, like, all the hot steam is going to come up against your skin if you use this one. Oh, I see. spout's in a certain spot. or like That's almost subconscious. Like, yeah. it's sort of playing with how people perceive the world. Yeah, yeah. And there's, there's another, I forget who this designer was, but she basically made, like, um really ridiculous versions of things where like like thick buttons like a button on a shirt but it's like two inches thick mm. like that's just like not usable like it's yeah. just so like oh gross and uncomfortable or like a fork where the head of the fork and the stem is attached to are attached to one another by like a keychain basically so it's just like a floppy thing oh, you can't I even use I think I've use. seen those yeah I've seen a couple of those weird like art pieces where it's sort of just like this is pointless like a, it's a spoon where like half of the spoon is a rope and right it's kind of like what do i do with this <laughs> yeah um yeah but like it makes you feel a really certain kind it'd of be way fun to try and make a game that really makes you uncomfortable like yeah. with oh in, in like a non like don't make a horror game like make right. just yeah. a game where like everything in the room is a little too big just like just something weird off. like yeah I feel like, like, well, obviously Bennett Foddy does that in a mechanical sense. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, we were talking about uncomfortable games before when I was doing that presentation on them. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of different ways a game can be uncomfortable. Like, you know, some people just find mechanical un- discomfort, like, really unsettling. And other people find, like, you know, obviously thematic social sort of discomfort from games. But that's another thing. Like, discomfort is an emotion that isn't necessarily felt by everybody in a certain situation. Like, yeah. Playing strip poker for one person might be the, the most uncomfortable experience that they've ever had in their life, but for someone else, it could be, like, absolutely titulating. Yeah. You know? That's uh, true. Whereas, like, I feel like I feel like that's more the case for, like, social discomfort in that, in that mm-hmm. sense, whereas, like, mechanical discomfort, like, no one that plays Quop is like, this feels great. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, you'd have to be a very particular... You'd have to be wired almost for right, Quop for right. that to even work. But there are, like, certain right. natural tendencies that we have because of the way we function as humans that are just, like, almost true across the board. Mm-hmm. So when you subvert those, now all of a sudden it's uncomfortable for everybody. Yeah. Like, Uncanny Valley type stuff. Exactly. That's exactly. always interesting. Like, if it looks, like, almost like... Almost like something that you'd like, but not, like... It, how does that work? I think it's um, it's like if you look at a something that looks sort of like a baby, but also looks like a monster in a weird way, like right, somewhere you just between. Don't know how to. And you kind of don't know how to. Yeah, react to react it. React to it emotionally. Yeah, because it's like it, you want it, you want to fear and and love it at the same time. So you're just like yeah, ah, it's, uh, you're just like about to short circuit. Yeah, so weird. Um, I guess that is partially the feeling of discomfort is sort of not knowing. Can yeah, be very uncomfortable. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's probably the biggest source of fear in just a period is is a lack of information like the reason i'm afraid right now in my life is because i am going to graduate in a few months and i have no <laughs> idea what i'm doing so i'm freaking out yeah because i don't know what's happening next and like yeah. some people can be at peace with that but by and large you know like masks are unsettling because we don't know what that person's feeling we can't read their emotions because we can't see their face yeah. so masks are scary um, that's why the dark is terrifying. You know, it's, it's yeah. just a lack of, just can't of some see, kind of can't information. Get yeah. information back. Yeah, naturally, probably makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you want information to not 
fall off a cliff in the middle <laughs> of the night. Or but. get murdered by a saber-toothed tiger, yep. etc. Um, let's see. I don't know. I haven't really... I mean, I've been working on a lot of stuff mm-hmm. this week, but I can't say anything crazy. I made a few trailers uh, <laughs> at work, um, which was kind of fun, like dipping back into video editing. I remember over the summer doing a bunch of that and just kind of it going nowhere. But it's, it's kind of nice to, like, be able to, like, get back into Premiere and actually, like, do stuff. Like, yeah. Because these trailers, I mean, they're just, like, 30-second, minute-long little spots for a couple of VR games that we make. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work at Planeta which is great Uh, they make all kinds of weird like VR like artistic VR kinds of galleries and different mobile viewers and VR stuff we should talk about the the VR expo I went to because that was oh yeah that you were you he met well Jimmy met me there (laughs) and uh, we hung out for a little bit and I checked out his I guess co-workers and uh, yep friends yeah. did their uh, VR projects yeah we can bring that in the back half maybe yeah yeah that sounds good cool um, so yeah, I just made a couple of trailers for that, and it was it was nice because the woman that like had been making the trailers, or like had like tried to make one, is is basically just like our, our PR and marketing person. And mm-hmm. I work with her a lot, um, but uh, she was just like, you know, I like I can do this, but it's gonna be garbage. So like maybe you could give it a shot, and I just like whipped it out in like an hour. She was like, oh, you can do that, and I was like. I mean, I I can do this. If you think this is good, then yes, I can do this. <laughs> uh, it is what it is. Um, but so that was just kind of satisfying to like have a skill that I thought I like invested a lot of time into that mm. went nowhere kind of come back in a, in a nice way. Um, yeah, I can't invest in nothing. If you if you get better at anything, I think it's a good thing. Right. I'm good at bass. I never use that <laughs> ability. I mean, I, but it, I mean, I'm okay at bass. That's pleasurable I, yeah. for you, just in the act. Like, I don't really, like, cut a, a video just and, I'm like, and I'm like, hell yeah, 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 sick. That's true. But, like, at one point, you must have enjoyed either doing it or you had to do it and you enjoyed getting better at it. Because, I mean, yeah. like, you are yeah. better at it now, right? Right, yeah, it's, yeah. I feel like it's rare that I gain a skill... And I go like, ah, fuck. Like, <laughs> That's you know? true. Like, That's sometimes true. I feel like I did, like, I would rather have been doing something else. But in the end, if I am better at, I don't know, even if it's just something stupid like peeling a banana or a <laughs> potato, like, hey, I got better at it. And, like, yeah. I know... That's why knowledge is so great is because I'm like, hey, that'll like almost never leave my mind now. That's like, true. I just know how yeah. to do this, especially yeah. with something like muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Like I learned mm-hmm. how to ride a bike and I'm like, that was time well spent because I'll never forget how to right, do that. Right, right. And God, knowing Adobe, they'll be around for the, the next fucking century. So. <laughs> or something like Adobe that's right, where yeah. you'll be able to, you know, it might not even be the same, but you'll go, oh, this looks This is similar, similar. enough, yeah. I mean, that's the only reason I was able to pick it up at all yeah. was because I dicked around in iMovie growing up making stupid videos, you know? And it, mm-hmm. like, it's yeah, basically too. the same kind of... I mean, I feel like that's a common experience for most suburban kids. Is like, yeah, absolutely. You know, everybody's got iMovie and, like, a, a digital camcorder of some kind that someone mm-hmm. gave them or, like, is lying around the house. Like, why not make a stupid little thing? Yeah, if you have the tools available yeah if you people have the tools just, there you know, and the time like i used to make stupid youtube videos that there was one i just recorded a snake in a bucket that was the whole <laughs> video and me talking to it was, you know, was there like editing involved like no, it was like, hot takes so i had do you remember those 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 flip videos yeah dude i had one of those i had one oh, of those, those were sick 
I, I had one because it was just convenience, I thought. Yeah, you're just like, whoo, snap little, it out. Little do you know, the actual flip video camera software is just, like, awful. But oh, it's for editing and stuff? or Just for, like, trying to get it onto the computer. Oh, like, I remember it was, that. It was yeah, actually was very frustrating. That was, like, oh, I um, forgot about that. Yeah, wow. right? That was the worst part of the whole thing. But otherwise, it was cool to have just, like, this little... Yeah, tiny, dedicated yeah. video... Like, because it didn't even do still photos, did it? No, it just did videos. Yeah, that was that was actually really cool. Yeah. I remember, God, I remember being such a dumbass and, like, <laughs> trying to compare, like, because I didn't know, like, how to gauge quality in a video. I didn't know you could just, like, look up, like, like you know, the num like, the stats of the of the camcorder and just, like, have it tell you what resolution it was shooting at and that mm -hmm. equate that to quality. Yeah. And I had, so I had a flip and I had, like, a Sony CyberShot or something that also did video. And I was like, I don't know which one's actually better. Like, this also does video, like maybe it's actually better and this flip thing is just a piece of trash so i would like record them next to each other in like the same scenes <laughs> and then like watch them side by side trying and like to figure trying to figure out which one was better and i think i went with the cyber shot but it's it's like lcd like screen on uh, like for feedback was just like a lot better so i was like oh well, this is obviously the better camera i never uploaded them to the same computer and watched them next to each other <laughs> god i felt so dumb like three years later when i realized how how much of an idiot i was being when i I did that i to this day i have no idea what quality the, the flip shot at oh like maybe God. i was just wasting my time that, that feels <sighs> that whole cycle is reminiscent of me when i get stuck in a video game and i go back to look oh at my it my guy yeah because occasionally you go back to look at a game and, and you're like i'm still stuck like yeah, this i is just, just up to there's, there's this one like Yu-Gi-Oh game on like <laughs> a, i had as a child i mean I, I think i got it for like christmas or something and i was just like thank you i don't know like, yeah someone in my family was like he likes games let's yeah. just pick a Yu -Oh game popular this guy guy with the crazy hair on the <laughs> fucking front Yu -Oh! yeah and they gave it to me and i tried playing it and i just could not figure out how the hell to get past like the beginning of the game mm. i couldn't even play like <laughs> card games like actual Yu-Gi-Oh once because i kept going trying to get cards right going to where i thought i had to go and they'd be like you have illegal cards in your deck and i was oh like oh my god so i'd go back and i i feel like i tried almost every permutation mm -hmm. and i could just never figure out how to get the game that to work. sounds like a bad game <laughs> i just i had or i'm a dumbass it's or one that. of the two <laughs> probably both because i was a younger little bit of column a and a little bit of column b yeah but i had no idea how to get past it but then there are other games where i go back to it like i remember there were a couple of bonus levels in yoshi's island mm -hmm. my favorite game of all time um that I couldn't do when I was a child, mm -hmm. and I went back, and I could do them. Nice. And that just, it was, it was reminiscent yeah. of it for me a little bit, of just, like, the going back and thinking, like, God damn, I'm stupid. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, just the, yeah. there was some obvious thing you had to do in the game, yeah. and you just didn't. I got stuck in Twilight Princess, oh, um, yeah. the Zelda game. I got stuck As in soon as you turned into a wolf, I was stuck. Oh, no. Soon, the wolf, so early on. The wolf parts in that game kind of blew, though. Yeah, as soon yeah. as I turned into a wolf, like, the first time... I just had no idea what I was doing anymore. And yeah, I gave up. That was a weird time. I got stuck in like basically every game I ever played growing up. <laughs> I think Tyler Tasmanian Tiger was the biggest one for me because I remember getting stuck in that game and like, because one of them starts off with like this giant mech battle. Oh, I as, remember like, that. I played all of the games. Yeah. Is like that might have been like the third one or something. Yeah, or I feel like it was two one. or three. Yeah. I think it might have been two. And I couldn't get past that one part because, like, you know, it was just kind of weird and wonky, and I just, like, kept dying. And I was like, this game is dumb. Yeah. And then, like, a month or two later, even, I came back to it. Or maybe, like, a year later, I came back to it. I was like, oh, I got past that part, and now the rest of this game that isn't Mech Battles is my favorite game right now. Yeah. Like, like it was great. awesome. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, that's actually interesting because I love those. It, it was funny to me when we, when Jimmy and I first met and we were talking about games that we liked, and I think either I mentioned Tide the Tasmanian Tiger or something, <laughs> yeah, and can, Jimmy was I think like, you just had it or something. Yeah, Jimmy was like ecstatic for a moment because <laughs> yeah. we were just like, real, you know, bonding it, over this game yeah. that I never find many other people who play. Yeah, it's um, such a good, it's such a good three D platformer. It was really like, a great I, game. Oh like, man, good times, man. That. Ratchet and Clank and Sly Cooper like were like the pinnacle of like three D platformers for me. Yeah. Up. God. Oh my God. Wait. Ratchet and Clank. Side note. Ratchet and Clank is coming out on PlayStation. Um. I mean, they remastered it for PS4 like a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. But now it's going to be free on PS Plus for March. Oh, I think. Cool. Along with Bloodborne. Oh, sick. Yeah. I think they're giving us like some sweet games because they're sunsetting. Uh, uh PlayStation Plus on PS3 and Vita. I see. I think it's got like like a year left now. So okay. they're like, it's gonna die in a year. But here's Bloodborne for free. Yeah. Well, okay. quote unquote free. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I guess the short the short uh, short side of this is that I haven't really done much this week. <laughs> I mean, we, we wrote the the like outline for Zapper, but like we haven't actually started producing much of it because we've mm-hmm. just been having like source control problems and oh all god, kinds of random crap. And what I, are you like, using for? We're using Git Kraken, but it's just like Git really power. obtuse. For us, at least. Like, we just yeah. need to get someone to sit this down and, like, actually teach it to well, us. Well, Git is one of those things where if you understand it, it's quite simple, and it does make a lot of sense. Right. And if you don't understand Git, like, I remember the first couple times I used Git, because I have, I have to use it even for class, like, yeah. um, as a coder, but uh, I the first couple times I used Git, when I didn't understand sort of, like, um, how Git worked... Right. I would just fuck up things and I would yeah. delete things and I'd get confused because to, to an extent you only really need to know like a couple commands to use git like right. you just need to know how to push stuff pull things like come do commits and all of that yeah. maybe git diff to see the differences between you know mm-hmm. th- things like that you need to know um, you can you go on the website too and just kind of look at the differences and do a whole bunch of stuff there that you could also do from like a terminal you could use git kraken like you do but right. ultimately if you don't understand sort of how git works yeah it's you got when someone says like you know you have to like rebase you're gonna be like i don't know what the hell that means like that <laughs> yeah that has nothing to do with pushing or pulling so i really yeah. don't know what that is and there's a lot of stuff in git like sub modules and just things that like once you learn about them they make sense um mm-hmm. and once you've learned about how git works like it all makes sense right and it's actually this like beautiful like yeah, it, version it, control. Yeah, it, and it will be good. It's great. We just haven't like we just really because yeah. we've thought the thing is we we thought we had on we had it like under control and like we knew what we were doing and then mm-hmm. one thing will go wrong. We're like we don't know where the bucket anything is anymore. Yeah, well that's that's part of the if if you have an issue. Yeah. With Git, it's like it can be a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. You you essentially start like googling like what the hell does this mean and then you get like three di- it's like it could yeah, be this or this the or that. Context is so yeah. is so Which is why dynamic. you really have to know what you're doing cuz yeah. you have to know like oh this is why that got fucked up. I just like pushed this to this branch and that yeah. screwed something. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It can't just be like I did something and now it's fucked. I have to fix it cuz if you don't know what you did to screw it up, you're going to have yeah. a lot of issues. Yeah. But, I mean at the end of the day like we've never like really lost significant progress before mm-hmm. it's just a matter of like trying as long as you, you have like a basic understanding of it that should happen yeah exactly um anyway maybe it's time to break all right sure oakwood designs wants to bring you the finest wood flooring you've ever stepped on if you've ever 
ever stepped on wood flooring that wasn't oak wood floors, you're stepping on the wrong floors. If you take off your socks, take off your, take off your socks right now. Put them on your floor. Now breathe. Are you feeling oak wood? If not, you should be. Oakwood Designs. Get some. Socks off, mm-hmm. touching the floor. Oh. Oh. Buddy, Oakwood hooked us up with some oak wood. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, they're not kidding. I gotta say, I got an oak wood pillow. It's great. Yeah, I was just about to tell you, I got a mattress. I got I got with the full Oakwood Designs mattress. Wonderful. And uh, it's great. Yeah, I'm sleeping, really, like, they, I'm sleeping like a king. Just all your comfort needs <laughs> go to yeah. Oakwood. Um, so this is the part where we talk about what we've been playing. Indeed. Uh, we just, I mean, so I, I played a game this week, and it was called uh, Antichamber. <laughs> and that happened approximately 30 minutes ago. Um, so that's basically all I have to say. I mean, we, can, we, we might as well just like talk about Antichamber for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was fun. I've been meaning to play that since it came out like yeah. years ago. Yeah. But, um, I mean, how old is that game? It's years? a couple years old, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Maybe like six years old. I don't know. It's pretty old. Yeah. But uh, I remember when it came out, a bunch of people, because I watched a lot of folks play Let's Plays and such on I feel like that would the be internet. Let's Play. Yeah. I just, it, it was one of those things where like I watched some of it and then I was kind of like, I have to wait until I've forgotten about it so that I can really have that experience. Right. Um, and I think at this point I have, like, I didn't know. We got stuck a few times. And I was just like, I, I don't yeah. remember at all what you're yeah. supposed to be doing here. But right. so. I feel like, okay, so for people who might not know, uh, uh, Antichamber is a first-person puzzle game, kind of like Portal. You're in this sort of abstract testing facility kind of space with, like, gates and lasers and things. But it's all, like, very color-driven in a way. It's very primary Mm -hmm. colors. There's lots of white space and, like, clean lines. Um, And it really plays with, like, the fact that it's a game a lot. Like, there isn't... Like, in a game like Portal... The context is that you're in this designed space by more humans, of a narrative. and there's a lot more of a narrative yeah. there. So, like, whereas in Portal, if you go around a corner, you can pretty much rely on the fact that if you turn back around and go the way you came, that that corner will still be there. Whereas in the <laughs> antechamber, that is not the case. Nope. <laughs> it can just totally warp space and time, mostly space, I guess, in really yeah. interesting ways because it's a video game. It doesn't have to obey, like, you know... A bu- it doesn't have to be a, a yeah. set building. You can make five right turns and uh, be in a new room that yeah. shouldn't really be there if you consider yeah. spatially what that means, but right. that's how it works. Yeah. And I really find that... I find it really interesting only because it is playing a lot with what a game could be. Like right, exactly. It's really, like, not sticking to, like the real world yeah. in any I way mean, it's sticking like, to it so much that we, you can like keep track of things like it has yeah. to establish like a somewhat of a realistic vernacular. it's not totally yeah. insane right. it's not like you can't keep track yeah right. but it is it is like sort of that why why not do this do you yeah. know what i mean like it's yeah. just all of it's simulated right and all of it's within a game so why not try and figure out a way to have this character make six right turns you yeah. know like <laughs> and be in a different hallway like that's really cool Right. There's that one room in the game where there's a bunch of these like squares and if you look at the or cubes and if you look at them from different sides oh, inward yeah. they are like filled with different things. Right. It's almost right. like four dimensional cubes kind of deal. Yeah. Um yeah. that actually reminded me like of... each side has its own three D space. But... Right. Yeah, that reminded me of um 
this like piggy bank that my sister used to have mm. growing up and it like you would put coins in the top but when you look at it from any one side it looked like it was hollow like it was like, a little diorama huh like it was like you know it had an internal space that you could just see because it had a little setting in there yeah but you could totally put coins in it and like it definitely had like an inner space that you couldn't it was so strange I that is never... very odd like i remember so like, like it looked like it looked like there was nothing there like it was just hollow but yeah. like there was a space within that that had coins jangling yeah. around and i'm like where are they to this day i never i was never able to figure it out i remember going back up into her room like a year or two ago <laughs> To, like, look for some papers or whatever and seeing it and be like, oh, yeah, let me see if I can crack the case. And nope, still a mystery. Funny enough, I think that is what really draws me to that game in a way is just that there's something really fascinating about that sort of reality and mind-bending sort of um, design only because I really just... It's fascinating because it doesn't make any sense. Like, and that's why it's cool. It's because I just think about it and I'm like, how does that work? Like, yeah. how? And that just keeps <laughs> me playing because I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like the game started off a lot stronger. Like, I feel like the parts where we got sort of stuck were, like, less of that kind of, I need to, like, navigate this space in an interesting way and, like, yeah. figure out the tricks. And instead just kind of became, like, you know, how can I manipulate these blocks? Yeah, which is yeah, like, yeah. Which, is, which was interesting. Like, there are crafty puzzles and things in that context, but... That felt a lot more conventional, I guess. It did. Yeah. The introduction of the blocks in the game almost like... You get this little almost portal gun type thing. Yeah. Which allows you to place and pick up blocks of certain colors, etc. And it was very puzzly. Yeah. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely was vastly different from the rest of the game. Right. Which is mostly like reality bending type yeah. stuff. If they somehow integrated that um, puzzling, the more puzzly aspects, mm-hmm. with reality bending... Like, if you had to place blocks uh, one way and then turn around such yeah. that, like, the room was different, you were in a different room, and yeah. then place a block, yeah. like, in a specific order. I that kept would, waiting for them to do that. Yeah, that would know? maybe make more sense, because it almost felt like... And it was still cool, because it almost felt as though I was playing two different puzzle games. It yeah. was like, I'm playing the puzzle game with the blocks, where I have to put blocks in certain places, but I'm also trying to navigate to different rooms yeah with those blocks like i'm yeah, trying to do weird true. things like look up and move backwards or like stare at a wall and move backwards yeah. or like weird stuff like that but as much as we played there was never any like real overlap between the two like may- there were a couple maybe a couple instances where they did that sort of but... but like for the most part as far as we played mm-hmm. um which was about an hour and a half yeah um there was no moment in it in which really both parts of those puzzling were combined yeah it was very separate yeah and i mean i was fine with that because that did break up some of the monotony mm-hmm. but i feel like there was a bit much of the the traditional puzzling considering yeah. how yeah the game i'd be was. curious like you know because we played over half of it i guess yeah it did say <laughs> you're at the halfway point at a certain Which, point i guess for, with this game like maybe they were just totally lying to us but i mm-hmm. feel like that would be like a fair thing to tell us um, you know because you're being quote-unquote timed yeah um so who knows, maybe they do integrate those two later, but I'd be curious to see or to like find out how it was developed because it almost feels like they had this initial like idea for like warping space as mm-hmm. being like the main puzzle. And they turned it into a puzzle game. And then they were like, they ran out of ideas and were like, well, what if we also had this other thing? So let's maybe add that in here. It might have also just been like, it might just be really hard yeah. to keep coming up with spatial puzzles I like mean, that. Absolutely. Because how many times, like if I can think of the unique puzzles that I remember that I really thought were cool. There was the puzzle in which 
color was used such that you had to follow a certain color yeah. through like this seemingly endless corridor to get out. Right. Um, and if you didn't follow the colors, there were so many options to turn and that twist that you, would, you wouldn't have gotten there. You had to get the puzzle to get yeah. out. That I thought was really cool. Um, there was the the one that's in the trailer, the stairwell, in which you have to go up the stairs, you end up in the same room. You can go down some stairs, you end up in the same room. What you have to do is essentially like turn around mm -hmm. and walk down the hallway that you came up from. Yeah. And that turns into a new place. Yeah. Um, that was a very cool puzzle. But I feel like there's only so much of that that you can do. Right. Um, before either the player just gets it because after a certain point we were solving those spatial puzzles very fast yeah it took longer to solve the more traditional puzzles than right it did yeah to solve the spatial ones once you understand yeah which makes me wonder like maybe just like combining those two like maybe they had like tried out doing that but it was just too much because like some of the puzzles we were doing that with like the cubes and with the cube gun and stuff were kind of intense and i can only imagine like adding this other sort of less logical system to it might just kind of really make it like totally opaque for people yeah very confusing yeah um it might yeah it might escalate to the point where like no one will get it right and so they but had to add something else to keep it yeah. simple i'm I not sure though i feel like you could i feel like they could make they could make it work they could make it yeah work. they seem like you know thoughtful kinds yeah. of folks oh they were smart puzzles yeah. i like the puzzles yeah they're, they definitely outwitted us multiple times absolutely so. <laughs> i've tried making puzzles and as we know oh boy yeah yeah it's yeah. it's hard so that was impressive that's very impressive but um yeah, yeah. critics are assholes so i guess we can still <laughs> yeah i don't know i'd be curious to see i mean you said it was a couple of years so i wonder what they're working on now we should go hunt them down oh we should we should check out i don't even know who made it we should no check bad that at out that. we are bad at that <laughs> Sorry. I, I, like, can't even remember names, so, like... That's true. I'm yeah. so terrible at... Dude, I'm going to GDC in a couple oh, of weeks. Oh, you are! And, uh, that's... So, like, talk about trying to remember people's names. Like, I'm going to meet so many people that are going to be so much more important in the games industry than I am <laughs> right now. And I'm going to have to, like, try and, like, be cool and, like, remember who they are and, like, schmooze. Oh, God, schmoozing. I don't know, man. <laughs> schmoozing. I have. A, I don't I, know if I've done an ounce of schmoozing in my whole I've life. I've done a very little bit of schmoozing, and it's worked out well. I mean, that's how I got the gig at Planeta for the most part. It's mm -hmm. kind of a bit of a schmooze fest. But uh, I don't know. I think so. I'm going because I'm volunteering to work at the uh, uh, the board game lounge, which is basically just like you know show up, make sure the board games stay in one piece, and like mm -hmm. help facilitate some play, and maybe play with people that you know are just kind of floating around or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel like that's a really good context to like get to know someone. You yeah. It's like, we're just playing this game. And like, I, the thing is like, I get, I do get a little anxious playing board games cause they are very like systems heavy. And I feel like dumb when I don't know how to play a board game at first. Oh yeah. All, all board games appear impossible until yeah. you actually start playing and then it's easy yeah. for the most part. But like, it's like, oh you know. man, like playing with other game developers sometimes, man, it just really, it just really like, like wigs me out. Because oh, I, I feel like... You feel pressure? I feel or... pressure, yeah. Because, like, I'm someone who's, like, calling themselves a game designer, and these people are also doing that. But, like, they can also look at this game and, and like, mid-max and, like, just whoop my ass, like, immediately as I'm still, like, trying to figure out how to move my fucking dude around, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's definitely more true in board games than in, like, a digital game. Yeah, board games have that, like... Board games are almost entirely mechanics-driven is really, yeah. like... There is, there is the... How does it look? What is the style of it? Like, yeah. Betrayal at the House on the Haunted Hill, really fun game, uh, would not be very fun if it was, like, based in an office room and you were trying to find a stapler. Like, that yeah. would be probably well, far less interesting. You could, could make be, it fun. That could be a game. You could make it fun, yeah. but you could also easily make it not fun, yeah. is the, I guess, the point. So, yeah. but 
if you had that game and it was fun and it was about being in an office building mm-hmm. and it had the same great mechanics, it might still actually be a really fun game. Yeah. It's almost like I feel board games, like, m- even more so than a video game, really, like, put on a put on a costume. Like, oh. they're basically just cogs and, oh, you know, yeah, like, no, it's like a sure. robot in clothes, yeah. essentially. <laughs> it's like, it, you dress it up to look nice, but... What really matters is yeah. the the mechanics of it. Mm-hmm. Like the, you know. Not to say that doesn't matter in games, but I can't really think of a narrative board game. So mm. I know they exist. But yeah, yeah, also I mean the other half of this is also like my board game's literacy just isn't that great. Like I haven't yeah. played a lot, so obviously I'm not going to be that great at that. Yeah. So like when they say certain things, you're not gonna yeah. be like, Oh, I remember that from this other board game. I yeah. think it probably works. Exactly. Like this. Yeah, yeah, like I haven't built up a certain knowledge of the various systems that are common to a lot of like newer board games so that when I'm encountering a new game, I'm encountering lots of new systems instead of like some that are new and some that are more familiar. I can actually think of one specific example that I remember getting used to from um, Sushi Go. Oh, right. Fun little card game. Um, the the card in that game called Chopsticks, uh-huh. you can sort of put it down and then replace it with two cards on a later turn, right. which is convenient because you essentially like burst out some cards on one turn. Yeah. And if you know someone has a certain hand and you're waiting to get that hand back... Yeah. You can plan around it. Right. Um, regardless of any of that, and even how Sushi Go really works, the thing that made Chopsticks make sense to me, and the reason it sort of works the way it does, mm-hmm. is because of the equilibrium of cards, which I hadn't really thought about before. Mm-hmm. When you pass cards in that game, you pass your hand to the left. Right. And what are you doing when you use Chopsticks? You put down one card, and then later on, you put down two cards. Uh-huh. Now, if you left chopsticks on the board and you put down two cards, the equilibrium of cards is f- fucked up. There's right. one hand that has one less card, right. which means the whole game is screwed. Right. So you have to pick the chopsticks back up and put the two cards down. Right. And even something like that, like that very specific mechanic, mm-hmm. illuminates a lot for me in other games. Because huh. if equilibrium of cards, do you know what I mean, mm-hmm. is important, right. and I'm unsure of the mechanics of something, oh. if, if I'm trying to decide which one is... Like, which interpretation is the correct interpretation of right. these rules or even yeah. what I should be doing within yeah. the game, I might want to consider that equilibrium. That right. might be something I can huh. call back on and yeah, yeah, yeah. really... And if I'm designing a board game, better, that's something yeah. I want to be thinking about. Yeah. So, it is interesting. You just have to play them because that was... We were playing Sushi Go, and the reason we learned that, essentially, is because someone fucked up, and they didn't do that. And they didn't pick it up. And we right. realized later on, like, <laughs> what true. the hell, my hand has two cards, and everyone else's has three. Yeah. What happened? See, that's the really cool thing about board games, is you can just, like, totally play them wrong and not even realize it. Yeah. You know? Like, you just play them however you want. Yep. Yeah. You could totally um, fuck up quite a few rules. Like, yeah. when we played, um... Oh, was uh, that? Laser Riders. That game was fun as hell, yeah. but we didn't know what we were doing the yeah. first, like, two or three times we tried to play. Yeah. That game is fun. That's essentially you're trying to, like, it's very unique. You're using sort of the table as the yeah, space. Yeah, as the, as, the, as the board. And you yeah. have to like, lay down tracks to, like, move your dude along to get these prisms and stuff. Yeah, so it's almost like you're playing with the space of the table. Right. And these sort of uh, pre-designed, like, roads that you're yeah. sort of using on the table. Yeah, it reminded me, like to that extent of like playing like cops and robbers or something like it's the same game but you can transpose it in multiple settings and it takes on a totally different character because of that yeah like we were playing laser riders on a relatively small table and there's a certain mechanic in that game that lets you uh travel really far distances really quickly but if you go and hit the edge of the table using that like speed essentially you uh you crash and so like that was kind of not a part of the game then for us because we had a really small table so we never really 
we're moving very far in one turn, which they equate to speed. Yeah. But if we were playing on a bigger table, we'd be zip-zapping around all the time. Yeah, you, you might know? fuck up and suddenly fly off the table if you can't slow down fast enough. Right, but yeah. For us, I mean, it was a small table, so... Yeah, so we just didn't move that fast. Yeah. Right. Because um, obviously, if I if I speed up really fast, I'm going to fly right off because yeah. it's already sort of... There's no, there's no space for judgment there. You can't make the judgment call of... Will I risk it? Will I fall off? Will I not? Because yeah. it's just an obvious, the table is small, I'm right. going to fall off. Exactly. I don't have time yeah. to slow yeah. down. And this just makes me really want to play Cops and Robbers again. Like, I know I'm 21 years old, but no. boy, howdy, what I wouldn't do to play another game I don't know if I Cops ever Robbers. played Cops and You've Robbers You've never played? No. Oh my god. I don't think I've ever played Cops and Whoa. Robbers. In you, fact, Jailbreak? You never had a I, good Jailbreak? I may have played Jailbreak. Well, Jailbreak is the thing you yell in Cops and Robbers. Do you know how Cops and Robbers is played? I, I, you know what's funny? I don't even know how Cops Holy and Robbers works. Holy shit. It's the best. It's if so I pl- much if fun. If I've played it, I have no recollection. It's so much fun. All you, uh, Okay, I mean, I'm not going to explain Cops and Robbers on this podcast, <laughs> but, but it's it's just a really, it's just such a good game. All right, I think that's it for this week. Uh, this, is, this is Make Play. Go play Cops and Robbers, y'all. If you haven't played that game before. I might go play find, Cops and yeah, Robbers. Yeah, we got to figure out a way we can play Cops and Robbers at some point. Maybe yeah. sometime in, in this summer, like, we'll just, like, go like camping with like a bunch of people and just play it because it's so much fun to just play in the middle of the fucking woods oh my god Ooh, boy scouts might have some problems with them which i understand but boy how did i get to play some like legendary games of cops, cops and robbers, and robbers. Oh, that sounds oh, great. Boy. all right thanks for thanks for listening everybody uh this is make play games sponsored by oakwood design uh i'm jimmy stein i'm nick ragusa uh you can email us at makeplayradio at gmail.com um, if you have any questions or like just stuff you want to tell us about, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you got some dope music you want to put in here. Maybe got a new cat. Yeah. Know. Maybe you got a new cat that you want to send some pics of. Sure. Uh, we don't have any social media accounts right now for this thing, but if we did, we would put those pictures on that. Um, <laughs> I guess if you really want to be cool, you can follow me at Jimmy Stein on Twitter. Do you, uh, do you have a Twitter, Nick? I have a Twitter, but don't go there. Uh, <laughs> it's not, there's nothing of interest. It's a wasteland. I oh barely boy. use it. I use it to talk to uh, a former stepbrother. Yeah. <laughs> That's really all I use it wow. for. Okay. Um, um, that shows you the breadth of Twitter these uh, days. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know why people still... I don't, like, there's uh, some interesting communities yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, there are. There are. Anyway. Anyway, thanks so much, and we'll, we'll see you next week. Right.